0: Joining us now, former defensive end, uh, Super Bowl champion, NFL star, uh, first round draft pick, uh, the host of the Greenlight Podcast, where you can listen to anywhere you get your podcast. This guy stays dehydrated. It's Chris Long, everybody. <laughs> how you doing?
1: What up, brother? What's this up, is
0: cool. It's, it's nice to finally meet you on Zoom, which is how we meet nowadays. It is, this is the new way to meet people uh, from a safe technical distance. It's peoplemeet.com. Peoplemeet.com. Yeah, man. I'm super excited at to look. What I'm most excited about is to talk about your father. So I'm old yeah. and <laughs> that's good. <laughs> what's good is like, what I like is like fucking you starting the interview and just like laying
1: it out there. But a lot of people are like, Chris, what are your interests? And then two minutes in, they're like, so what's it like growing up with a dad with a flat but top? What, on what's the fucking,
0: what the, the funny thing is like, I, you know, as a kid, I'm like a lot of kids, right? Where to me, you know, sports, was everything, but I was for like by. It was just football. Like I didn't like you know some kids are like now it's baseball season. I love baseball. Yeah. No, like it was football, then basketball, but still football was like you know the that's the main event. That's the wife. Oh yeah. And then your dad. I mean, I had I had posters in my fucking room. So my dad was your first wife. Your, I hate to say this, but when I learned about masturbation is when I discovered your father. So. <laughs> It's uh Well when
1: I learned about it, I was pretty fucking nervous your first wife was gonna walk out.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> <It's>, uh, <laughs> it yeah. was um oh man. And here's the thing. I, I almost you know what? I'm just gonna say it. He's still very handsome. I was looking at a photo of him earlier. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Jesus Christ, what kind of fucking genetics are you coming from? The guy's sixty one? He's dude, he's sixty
1: one. He of course he feels seventy-eight on the inside. Sure. He just got his shoulder replaced. Shout out to Dad. And by the way, like, you know, if you were a fan of his growing up, you should know he's legitimately that kind of guy in person, like a real good dude yeah. and as humble and cool as a guy you'd meet, but like also one of my best friends. So great dude. Um, but yeah, I I don't I I don't know where we were. I don't know. Um <laughs> I don't know. Where we my were. brain, my brain just you know what the problem is, and you'll actually laugh at this is or you won't laugh, but uh it's a story nonetheless. Uh Is we did our pod today, and then on the tail end we had Jeff Garland for a few. Uh You probably know. I know Jeff. Jeff. Yeah. And it's like going from him to you. It's a lot of smart, funny people like that I have to encounter in a row, and that's intimidating. It's intimidating interviewing comedians and then being interviewed by comedians. It is because you always feel
0: like I think what people a lot lot of times when I do interviews, sometimes afterwards they'll be like, "I thought you were going to fuck with me the whole time," and I'm like, "Yeah, I didn't. I don't know, man. Normal. Yeah, I'm normal. I was or or they'll be like." They're kind of like this, and then they're like they have this face of like I don't know, like apprehension or something. And I'm like, what's going on? They're like, I don't know, I'm just waiting for you to say something that'll uh, upset people. I or feel something. like people try to get on, like
1: if I have a comedian on and I'm like afraid to interview Jeff Garland because I'm intimidated by it, like you don't wanna
0: you don't wanna try to be too funny.
1: You're like you're oh, like, right. I wanna be normal, funny, but you don't wanna like try to impress the comedian and be
0: funny. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think what you're getting to though is probably this is like a universal thing that we're all just in our heads too much about Whoever were you know you always have like a thought. Well, you know this person's really good looking, so I I got to be careful about this. <laughs> so this I got to try to be sexy. Yeah, I got to try to be sexier. This guy is a great athlete, so I'm gonna I'm gonna do some push-ups today and bring him up. <laughs> I'm gonna juggle
1: know? a fucking ball or something. Yeah, and it's like well, we're right all. And I just, came on and you were just like, hey man, hey man, sorry, man I, was just I do juggling. sports
0: too. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> it's tough Why the Texas shirt? Are you a Texas fan or? Uh, like I just shirt? moved there.
0: I just moved to Texas. Oh, so. where are you? Uh, well, I'm currently in Los Angeles, but I I bought a house in Austin and I I uh, of yeah, I'm, I live there. I I say so no more. I live there now, I guess. Yeah. You were asking me about my dad. You asked me something about
1: my dad, and I got sidetracked. Well, I, about was I was person. like your
0: genetics. I was like looking at the guy, and I'm like, what oh, is he just drinking baby blood before he goes? I to I hate bed? it.
1: You know what? I, it might be baby blood. You know what I hate is we'll take pictures, and I want to post them, but I'll be like, man, I
0: look old as fuck. Yeah, and this guy, I mean, it, dude, I have when my dad was 61 if you put him next to your dad, you would be like, so is this your great grandfather? Like, did he it, live inside a coal mine? I mean, like, why does he look like that? I don't This is just life, I guess, man. I don't know. The guy looks 90 and he's 61, but your dad looks 44. It's he, insane. My dad has
1: one little blemish on his entire body. It's a little scar on his head that you can barely see. When he was a kid, he got in a car accident and went through the windshield. Like, that's it. Like, wow. I think God was just like, you're not going to be Lawrence Taylor and Brad Pitt combined. Right. I right. You can't. Like got, I gotta fucking I gotta sc- I gotta scuff you up a little bit. And yeah, it sucks. So you take a picture of it. my brother just got married. Congrats to Kyle and Kate. Um, Congrats, Scott's Kyle. Tail. And great pictures, but when you come away from it, you're like, I think that was a good picture of me. And then I scan to the right like, my, my dad looks like my little brother. So it, it can suck.
0: It can suck. Now, did you how early do you know? Cause like again, when you're a kid and you just love this sport and you and these are your heroes, right? They're literally posters on your wall. But then, like, the guy that has posters on the wall is your dad. Like, do because were you also obsessed with like as a little kid? Are you watching? I, I, he he kind of did the opposite to me. It was interesting because like I had
1: like Bo Jackson in the kitchen. Sure. Like just having oh, just a chilling to eat with my dad. Like yeah. just hanging out. You know, like and I can remember it faintly, but I don't remember the significance in my head because my parents did a really good job of being like your normal dude. Like yeah, your dad's normal. His job is just football doesn't make you special and i try to do the same thing with my son and it also kind of instructed like waiting to have kids later in my career so there's no chance that he thinks he's hot shit because his dad or that he looks at me as like you know some larger than life figure i'm his dad right and my dad did a really good job you know all things considered he's a real life superhero yeah of not like just making that who he was when he came home he's a superhero but in a different way to me yes and so you know i think that's the key but i met i can remember barry sanders you know, it was my favorite running back of all time. Yeah. No disrespect to sweetness, but uh, I was like, man, it'd be cool to meet Barry Sanders. And my dad was like, you met him like four times when you were a kid at the Pro Bowl. Like, you just don't remember. He yep. handed you a jersey, you know, and that was, it was so normalized to me. And I'm not bragging. What I'm saying is, it's just different. It's more normal. People are like, what's that like? It's normal. Then when you play sports
0: comes the pressure yep. of dealing with that, which is yes. different. That totally different. By the way, I met Barry Sanders at an ATM machine, and I didn't think that that was uh, too much and I think afterwards I was like oh I shouldn't have done that I was like hey man he was like yeah he's getting money out of this thing I'm like you're fucking Barry Sanders uh, can I take a picture and he's like uh okay <laughs> can I take a picture of your pen? yeah like, man you know, like how much are you getting how, now bro okay that
1: might be the worst place to meet a fan ATM Yeah, but actually the worst place is a urinal ba- yeah
0: always and like as and you're like I literally am holding my dick right now and they're like I'm holding my penis yeah. man and they're like dude you know, I'm a big fan you're like cool I've, I even had a guy to you know once reach his hand over, like to shake hands oh, over God. the thing, and I was like, let's come on, man, like let's wash up first. He's like, oh, all right, all right, man. I'm like, oh, uh, dude, I'm trying to get to the mint guy. Like, yeah, just give me a second. Take a break. Yeah. Yeah, but let's the, put our decks away and then we'll. Meet. The ATM is bold too. It is. I did that to but, him and Pharaoh Monch. I did it to both oh, of them. Oh, Pharaoh Monch, yes. I did it to him. I was like, Pharaoh, he was like, yeah. <laughs> I turned around. I was like, what's up? He's like, I'm getting money out of the ATM. <laughs> so what have you been up to? <laughs> yeah, man. What's up? What's up? What are, you, what are your codes at? Um, so wait, when you just, when you are a kid though, and I, I really, like they make you normal stuff, but when you start playing football, yeah. are you, is your dad like coaching you up? You know, like dad's No, do, he, or? he's
1: not like the dude in Little Giants or something. You We're know, not- like he's, my dad was almost, he had the opposite. Like he was a coach, but he coached me in practice. Like he'd come to practice and then game day, he would stand off in the corner, mm-hmm. which is again, a very intentional, like, Hey, it's your show, man. Yeah. And that meant a lot to me. Like, you know, I didn't care. And I wasn't ashamed of my dad or anything like that. Cause I was proud of him, but it brings undue pressure and it brings like yeah. pressure that ultimately made me a lot tougher, honestly. But in the beginning, you don't see it that way. In the beginning, it's like, fuck everything i do is it's just because your dad like i'm talking like win an award in high school win county player of the year it's nepotism. you know yep. get a scholarship it's nepotism na- oh you know 13 sacks in the acc get picked in the first round nepotism sign the first deal you know like on down right. the line. no you get you no credit ex- you have to accept i you know you have to accept that there will always be some people that will look at you and say and you're inextricably li- linked to a hall of famer which is unfair but it's fucking reality. And there was also a lot of great things too. Like my dad got to, he taught me a lot. You know, I had a dad who understood my career, who understood bad days and good days. Yeah, He knew what to say after a loss. Like, so it's a give and take. And um, I think ultimately it made me tougher and thicker skin.
0: I think I remember, that's that's awesome that that's the relationship you have. I even remember, I, uh, I don't remember if it was like an article I read, a couple of things that just like popped into my head. One that I think he had what was celebrated as like the best rip move in the yeah. in the league yeah i think i remember yeah. like right and they're like his rip move is insane and then so, and then yeah. also i read some article one time this is just coming from memory of of like um he mentored somebody i forget the player and like brought him to live with with him well right a couple guys live
1: with him i know chester McLaughlin uh that might be the live one, with uh, him yes god rest his soul who passed away recently in the last couple of years but Huge Clemson D tackle. Yes. That's a really awesome player. Yep. And like, literally was like an uncle to me. And there were guys like on his D line, like Nolan Harrison, who's a guy who you might not remember as much. Um, But like Nolan would come over to the house and was like a little brother to my dad. And you know, Nolan gave me all his N64 games. So you talk about, I'm complaining about some of the negatives, the pressure. I got a bunch of fucking N64 games. Mm-hmm. So actually let me take that back. Yeah. It's all sunshine <laughs> and rainbows. So no, but like, um, you know, my dad had mentors when he came in the league. And I think one of the biggest things about playing the game and one of the things I enjoyed at the end of my career uh, when the political bullshit of, like, you're old, you're not making as much money. It's like the movies. They're trying to get you out. Yeah. Like, I loved one part of my day, and that's dealing with the younger players and, like, yeah. passing it on. And he had a couple guys that passed it on to him, and he was always the same way to younger players.
0: That's cool. I respect. I I enjoy, actually, the 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 part of that in our world of, like, You know, whenever I get a chance to interact with young comics who like are asking about, you know, whether it's like creative things or business things, it's fun. It's fun to pass it on. Like to
1: Yeah. And and also like it challenges you, I feel like, because you're really close to somebody that's you're trying to take your job. Yeah. I'm not saying it's the same way in the world of comedy. Sure. sure. You know, you're all your own, you know, independent contractors. I don't know. But like as teammates, there's only two defensive ends on the field. Right. And so it's kind of counterintuitive for me to try to help Derek Barnett. But I don't know a way to be the other way, yeah, yeah, I just don't, and I'm glad I don't. You know, I had vets in my career who were really great vets, and I had some that also didn't give a fuck about me intentionally because they might have resented me because I was a high pick or yep. because maybe I was going to take their job, and I just remember how those two things made me feel, and I'm like, there's nothing more insecure than fucking you know stepping on somebody that's trying to come up.
0: Yes, that you're totally right. That just reeks of your insecurity, I think, yes. yeah. Uh, and in, in, in comedy, it's definitely gross. Where it's like, you can't handle a, another funny person around. Like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> I got just bad get, news. There's yeah. a lot of funny yeah. motherfuckers gonna, out here. Have big problems, yeah, big props, man. Before I move on to your thing, uh, uh, I have to ask, just because you mentioned him, you had fucking Bo Jackson. Yeah. In your, did your dad tell you Bo Jackson? Like, do you guys ever, does he ever bring him yeah, up? Yeah,
1: I mean, my dad just kind of, it's very rare that my dad, like, sits back and sinks in his chair. And my dad's one of the greatest storytellers you ever meet. I mean, if you played on the the Raiders in the eighties and you weren't, I would think you kind of suck at telling stories, yeah. but he crushes it. And, you know, he has that magnetism where everybody kind of leans in. Mm-hmm. And uh, Bo is one of the subjects of many of his stories. And Bo yeah. is different though, because my dad is also kind of a spectator when he tells those stories. You know, like you can see him talking like he's a fan of somebody. Yeah. Where usually it's this experience, my peer, this guy played that was pretty good. Like we had battles. I mean, Anthony Munoz and him are on the same wavelength. And he's talking about a legend like Munoz and it's a head-to-head battle. They're getting up for each other. Yeah. But like Bo Jackson, he talks about like isn't like an alien. Like, like an he's alien. Just, he's just yeah. a different human being. And he's also a really good dude. And my dad says, you know, like Bo's quiet. He's not gonna, he's not gonna, you know, he's not gonna have a podcast like us. Yeah. But he's a fucking real guy and a good friend and a good teammate and a humble guy too. And kind of reclusive kind of stays to himself. Mm-hmm.
0: No, it's, it's it's just that like, it is wild. I always remind myself and other people that when you see like the aliens, like the, those freaky dudes like that, you forget sometimes at home that the people that it looks like he's embarrassing are fucking professionals. Like they're he, also aliens. They, they're exactly like, like when people are like, oh, Bo Jackson dusted that fool. It's like, yeah, that fool would absolutely ruin your life. The, the guy that he embarrassed, was the biggest alien
1: in a whole field full of aliens yeah. in, in college football. Like there's just every, every level like deserves respect. That's why, yes. you know, you talk about guys that, you know, in football that don't pan out or something. Like I've had teammates that were high picks and like we're out of league in a couple of years and people look at them as like, that's a failure. But yeah. like, those guys succeeded by even getting there. Like of they're course. freaks of nature. They it took them a lot of hard work. When you see somebody who's dominant in the NFL, you should never take that for granted. Yeah, because it is you have to be so transcendently consistent and good to be like a Hall of Famer. Yeah, you know, like my best year. If I did that for ten, eleven years, I'm a Hall of Famer. The hard part is doing it doing over, that and over. over and over and over and over and over again. And that's why the the greats are so like priceless
0: yeah it's it's incredible can i ask you because i i personally love i love college football like as yeah. i as i grew like you know it started as an nfl love and then in like once i discovered i don't know what it was like I discovered college ball and like my dad liked college you always kind of gravitate i think when you're a kid what your dad's into and yeah I, he loved college ball so i really i mean i still to this day i watch nfl games that like, you know it's it's it's, it is entertainment for me but like college i get into and i love learning about people's recruiting like how so you're like a you know a stud (laughs) player in high school you end up in virginia like i'm personally i'm a big fsu fan so i was always well versed in what's going on in the acc and like you know it's it's a it's an interesting choice because you go like well you know (laughs) i look back and think the same
1: thing yeah I mean, I'm glad I made you know. It's, I'm glad I made it, but it was out of left field, kind of like what you're saying.
0: So did you and did you take your five visits? Did you you know? I mean, did you so open it up? That's a
1: great question, man. Because like recruiting has changed first and foremost. Like yeah. nowadays, we had Devonte Smith on my pod last week, the Bama receiver who's now an Eagle, yeah. uh-huh. and you know the. Just him painting a picture of how cutthroat and competitive these skill camps are now. Oh my god. Where guys are driving in, sleeping in their cars, like competing in these seven on seven camps. The game has totally changed. How about these back in the day? They
0: get offers in like seventh grade. They're like That's incredible. I mean we're getting into
1: hockey or baseball territory or some like, you know, siphon skill sport. But I just think, man, like when it comes to Virginia, I live in Charlottesville. So I grew up here mm-hmm. and that was probably the best shot they had of landings. Like me personally, I'm not saying somebody like me because we had a lot of four and five star recruits. It just was that I I'm kind of a hometown guy. Yep. I, 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 like, you know, I moved to Virginia when I was eight and that was really like, I hate to be like, I was traumatic for a kid, but it fucking sucks to move across the country yeah. and start over with new friends. So I really like planted my roots and I just didn't want. I just love Charlottesville, and I love like being able to drive to my parents' house, get laundry done. I like seeing my parents. They don't suffocate me where I feel like I got to get away to go to college. Yeah, my parents are cool. Yeah, and they also had drop ceilings in high school and were were heavy sleepers, so we could drink and party and put the liquor bottles up in the.
0: Fantastic. Yeah,
1: yeah. So so I never felt like the need to like fuck off and go somewhere. Sure. And be like, I need to. I just. I thought about FSU. I thought about UNC. I didn't think I was good enough to go to FSU. I didn't like my UNC visit because they kind of blew me off until they found out I was Howie's son. Then Virginia Tech, I I hated the fucking architecture, which sounds stupid as hell. Really, but I think I would have been depressed uh, by the like they, the
0: campus architecture.
1: Dude, Google like the the dorms at Virginia Tech they look like a prison and yes I would have beaten Virginia four times in four years I get it we never beat Tech <laughs> yeah. but still dude I would have been depressed in beating Virginia come so, on man Metallica
0: they they couldn't win you over with the fucking now that that shit is understand man I'll say is I want incredible I've always like as a as a like a, as a college football fan one of the things I want to do is like go to a Thursday night game in Blacksburg just just to because I've seen that on TV so I'm like this looks fucking nuts. I get goosebumps watching it at home.
1: I get nauseous and then like a half a goosebump. Yeah, and you know, like, and my my kids, two and five, like yeah. love love music and they love like grown up music and they really like heavy metal. And the first time they heard Enter Sandman, they started sprinting around and I was like, Alexa, turn it off. <laughs> you know, like yeah, like dude, Fuck tech. No. yeah,
0: I got it, yeah, got exactly.
1: It. But I still like the the. the I got to give credit where credits due. I hate them, but I respect them. I've always course. said that. Yes. I hate Maryland. I don't respect Maryland. Okay. So there's the difference. That's, that's a big difference. Hey, Maryland, yeah. fuck you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they fucked off and went to the big Ten.
0: Okay, I like it. Um. So you entertain these schools, but then was it was it a pretty easy decision in the end? Then yes. sounds
1: like it was. Yes. Okay. I took my first offer. I'm sorry. I, I took wow. my first offer. I didn't take. I took an unofficial visit to UNC. So I never got it. Well, you like, kind of, because camp. that's
0: a beautiful campus. I've been to Chapel Hill. That's a beautiful campus.
1: It's like Charlottesville. Yeah. It's got a lot of Charlottesville similarities. And so I really liked it. And I was having a great day. But a coach was like, uh, I heard a coach go over and whisper to this other coach who will go unnamed and was like, Hey, we got this guy over here, Chris Long from Charlottesville. And he was like, yeah, I don't have time for him. And he, uh-huh. he was like, Howie Long, son and then he was like oh and he shot right over and, oh, you know, gave oh yeah and so i was like you know what no big deal like i get it but they yeah. don't really like me for me right and unc uh you know we ended up kicking their ass so it was all good but al grow was my college coach and he was just so no bullshit under the radar he was like a pro mindset yeah and i took the first offer and i also i didn't want to be one of these guys that uh that made it a big deal so i just sure. kind of did it and
0: got it over with. That's yeah, that's so different than like a lot of uh, highly recruited guys like yourself, like like five star guys. Now they do. It's like a reality show. I mean, they they draw that shit out and they're like, hmm, I'm releasing a top 10 list tomorrow. And then oh like, I God. mean, they just keep they draw it out. And then I'm going to announce it Tuesday on ESPN. And it's like a, they're going to be going mock mock top 10 soon. Like kids are gonna yeah. be coming out with their own like I just or commitment thing. and then withdrawing the commitment and like, you know
1: listen if you get three hats and this was the sweet spot was three hats okay that we all liked that it was cool it was respectful and then all of a sudden like it turned into seven hats and you started doing the trick oh yeah they start messing with them
0: or they go uh no and they pick up the other hat minor we're
1: like at a minor league baseball game on the jumbotron like where's the baseball hidden and at at a certain point when you realize that like so few college football players actually end up being any good like maybe you should hedge your bets and kind of chill
0: yes I, I agree It that it gets a little too like cartoonish the recruiting thing now you know it's and, it's and
1: every not every coach but it's like such a wild scene like it's it's the sec especially it's just like it feels like there's a lot of car salesman type personalities yeah I don't know you watch eastbound and down probably yeah so I just feel like there's a lot of Ashley Schaefer's out there <laughs> yeah dude you know what I mean and they're not selling kias they're coaches and there's just this whole song and dance and there's there's under the table payments and shit, which you don't get at Virginia Virginia was a totally clean place because we weren't the main event here like Olympic sports are great here lacrosse basketball the whole nine yards so we never got that preferential treatment but now kids are just getting like babied so much and I'm not trying to sound like the old man yelling to cloud yeah I want them to get paid I want them to get fucking money for their likeness. I just think the fucking ego shit is out of control. It's a, it totally is.
0: The other thing that, always, that stands out to me now about like just being a, f- a fan of the sport is that you go like, man, and I understand that this is, it's competition. Every every school is trying to get the best players, but it feels like that there is just a pipeline into Bama, Clemson, Ohio State, and uh, you know m- maybe, I don't know, LSU or something. And you're like, yeah, I don't think there's enough players to make this an even play. Like they're all going to like these right. four schools, and like yeah, no, it's
1: like, it's really hard. I mean, and and it you almost can't remember what college football was like before
0: it. I guess it was just different
1: schools. It was Florida State and Florida,
0: you yeah, know, it was every year. Every, it was, and you'd have like you know UCLA would be like Colorado. It, it seemed like the top twenty-five. You're like these are familiar. And it's shuffling now. I feel like it is a top-five sport. And that everybody out of the top five is like, just forget it. You're definitely not going to win this thing. And we're just watching these three schools and we'll see which it, one of them pulls it off.
1: It's funny because the whole thing is predicated on every game matters, even though now we've had a playoff and so yes. you could lose and still make it. But every game matters for certain Power 5 conferences just so you can punch your ticket to another a formality, really. I mean, mm-hmm. like that playoff, there have been so few competitive games. Go look it up. There's been like... You know less than 15 percent of those games are like one score games and and that's just like i'd rather have the playoff
0: for sure mm-hmm. than the bcs but it is what it is at this point it is what it is did you and your brother like like so, you know your father's an nfl player your brother's yeah. nfl did you guys fuck each other up as kids
1: <laughs> so not so much because we were like almost, we were about four years a little under four years apart okay. and my youngest brother howie And Kyle are like Irish twins. So they used to fuck each other up. Okay. The only catch here is that Howie's standard height, six foot, you know, regular Uh, size dude. And Kyle is six foot seven, 330 with abs. And like, so those fights, Howie didn't win them all, but Howie fought them all he did <laughs>
0: yeah yeah how he must be tough as fuck if he's getting oh he's a tough yeah. guy he's yeah. a
1: tough guy he's a tough guy but yeah kyle's tough as shit too and he's also big which is you know it's yeah, just huge. unfair yeah it's unfair
0: did you got uh, you because yeah you have played in games together because i remember you pulled you pulled him off of somebody what you jumped on for like she,
1: i pulled him off my best friend so <laughs> when, when he came to chicago yeah. or when chicago came to st louis and uh we played for the first time Uh, One of my best friend's name is William Hayes. You should Google him, Tom, and eventually probably have him on your podcast. Yeah, He's the funniest person I've ever met. He believes in mermaids. He doesn't believe in dinosaurs. You probably saw him. I think he went on Jimmy Kimmel's show because when the Rams moved to LA, all this under the radar content, which was escaping the media in St. Louis. Hold on a second.
0: (laughs) Yeah. You need to book this guy right fucking now. Okay, sorry. This guy believes that mermaids are real? Absolutely, dude. (laughs) All that damn water out there—that you—you mean to tell me there ain't one
1: fucking half fish, half woman swimming around in that motherfucker? That's what he told me, okay. and I'll never forget it. And I saw the look in his eye. And we're like best friends. I yeah. love William so much, dude. But yeah. there's just some things that we don't agree on. I'm not sure. into the mermaid thing. Yeah. Um,
0: but, well, where were we? Well, we were at um, yo, know, your brother, your brother and oh, William. Yeah.
1: So so basically, we all went to Vegas together, William kyle really the whole d-line we do like a memorial day trip at one of those pools like rehab which you know what it's just like it's a good time yeah nights night night like lights out at noon and so we were all like best buddies i took kyle with our d-line the the year he was getting drafted and then his rookie year he comes to st louis and william's an agitator and kyle is a fucking grizzly bear and you know you know what what it's like with two bears yeah you know it's you get Sorry. you're like not there more. you're like I, looking I, for the two bears like i was other i was looking for the other logo sorry that's incredible yeah. you know you're successful and you're like oh, which podcast is <laughs> <it?"> <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i uh but fucking, uh kyle just snapped and it's a stressful week because like listen as hard as i had it growing up being dad's son you know kyle had a big brother too that was like yeah you know doing pretty good and yeah so this was a big week for him he wanted to play well he's a good young player and the tensions were high we had like 30 people in town and William pushed him over the brink and he snapped and he literally is just pummeling William's head under the pile through the, through the face mask. And I know it doesn't look good. So I run off the sideline cause I wasn't in for that play. I was getting a rest and I go to grab Kyle's Jersey and he's so strong. He goes to like, just shrug me off and his Jersey just rips like the Jersey ripped before he moved dude. And when I tell you it took six guys to drag him off of, william it was an ugly sight holy shit let me tell you he didn't get tossed no. and let me tell you what the worst part was all those 30 motherfuckers that came to the game guess who had to entertain him after the game oh that was fun huh me and yeah. everybody's in a bad mood so thank you kyle
0: <laughs> sounds like you're still holding on to that one <laughs> i have a little bit it was
1: the most awkward day but i get it though he was a young player he had the worst instigator uh lined up across from in the league in william hayes
0: did you now how about you because you seem like you know you're like you're you have a good head on your shoulders and you understand, you know, a lot of as- like all aspects of this game. How are you at handling like provocation? Like do did people try to, you know what I mean, provoke you? My
1: for me to get really angry and it can happen. No, no one ever used my anger against me. I yeah. mean, I got ejected like once or twice, but I'm not like some terrible hothead. And okay. also like if i start getting mad at certain players and not others which is going to happen if somebody says like the wrong wrong thing like yeah then i'm picking and choosing who i want to like like just get after out there and and that's not kind of how you want to play the game so i just try to come into it and like make up reasons that you like the whole stupid ass michael jordan thing and i'm a not i'm a terrible player compared to michael jordan so i hate to even like oh i use that from the last dance But like you do fucking you tell yourself things, right? You do make shit up in your head. You 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 know, like at your best, like our worst rivalries, which I say I wasn't doing this, but like you tried not to. But like the Niners, there was this guy named Anthony Davis and I fucking convinced myself that I hated him. I don't hate a lot of people, but if I can convince myself I hate somebody and that's what I do. And yeah. And so that's kind of the way you would if you're not naturally like a hateful person, like you just find a way to use it to your advantage. But honestly, what I would do is try to push somebody's button back. I like if you if you ask somebody to play with me, I'm not the guy who gets mad. I'm the guy who gets people mad.
0: And is your way of getting some uh, somebody mad through what you're doing, like your st- your style of play, or through like trash talk, like saying things to them? Style of play because I'm annoying because I don't
1: stop. I mean, I'm not the best player of all time. I was pretty damn good, but I wasn't. My strength was just hustle and that type of thing yeah so it's probably annoy you sometimes that way but i would say more just like the the well-placed barb Mm -hmm. you know like and i know what that might be before i play you or um i've heard stories about somebody and i'll push a button that you know, they don't oh, want right. Me to so, push. you
0: will, but so you're holding on to that. You're
1: going into this game with a little bit, yeah. Of a, like, yeah. I'm not gonna pull that out unless you're being a douchebag. And yeah. if you're being a douchebag, then I'm gonna get you really mad. And offensive linemen usually take D linemen out of our games. Like, if you can, you gotta take the O linemen out of the game,
0: yeah. Sure. Do you have, um, like, because part of your game, I'm assuming, as a, as a style of play, is that you'd also mix it up, right? Like, because certain players they're just like, you just know, this dude's gonna, he's just gonna, his spin move, or he's just gonna swim every time, whatever. Yeah. But You you would, like, having such a well-versed, spread-out game, you could keep them guessing, right? Like, that's the best. We don't know what he's going to do. I
1: think, you know, you're... Okay, what makes... Von Miller is, like, ridiculous, right? Ridiculous. He can touch the ground at full speed and turn his hips and his ankles sideways. Like, he's... Any edge rusher would want... Like, if you... It's a perfect example of watching film of somebody and trying to emulate it, which is something that coaches do a really poor job of is like, Hey, watch this all time. Great. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I can't do what he does. Right. Like you just showed me a, a tape of Von Miller touching the ground at yeah. full speed. I can't do that. Um, you got to find out what your weaknesses are before you can like really find out what your strengths are. And that's not some like karate shit. It's just some like, yeah. actually, it makes sense from, you have to know what you suck at. And once you know that you can be really good at the stuff. What was your at. greatest and, weakness? My greatest weakness was probably the bend at the top of the, the rush for me. Okay. Um, and maybe a little bit of arm length, but the bend at the top of the rush, like the being able to do what Von Millard, I just described doing. Uh-huh. Robert Quinn, who I played opposite of, our games were very different. He had a 19 sack year. Saw it with my own eyes, it was incredible. We were a bad team. We didn't have leads. What he does is he runs sideways on his fucking, like on the outside of his knee. He's an alien. Like... Yeah. I just know that's not going to happen for me. So uh-huh. I have to work like a process that works for me. And usually it stems from the threat of speed because I'm quick with a counter. So your counters have to be good, you know, like a spin mm-hmm. or, you know, an inside move or a power rush with good timing um, becomes a counter. And then on top of that, just power. And as you get older, you learn how to use your your leverage better. So like, yeah, this is like next level, like pass rush shit. So for yeah, I love than- it. I love it. OK, so if I was going to go try to bull rush somebody with arms that were eight inches longer than mine, I wouldn't go in here like this. I'm going to get trapped, right? Mm-hmm. Like I'm going to get trapped. My arms are just like eight inches longer than his. Now, if I go sideways. My surface then not only rotates, but it's further away. Yeah. And so like little things like That's that. Brilliant. that I love can, that. You know what I mean? Like, that's a little technique that you have to work if you have deficiencies. But before you can work it, you have to know what your
0: sure. deficiencies are. And it and sounds like that's a vet be- thing, right? Like, vets were doing stuff like this.
1: Vets were. So, like, you know, when I got in the league, Leonard Little taught me to turn my hips, which I wasn't good at, right? Because I was like a 3-4 end in college, so I would rush on the edge, but not that much. And uh, I needed a mechanism, so I learned the, the side scissors, like a swipe, which basically turns my hips and gets the hands down. And it's just that little like, oh, that's what I'm not good at. That's what I need to fix. And as you get older and slower and shittier, you also change your your process. Yeah. who you do have to you, be honest.
0: Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's great. I mean, that's probably one of like, that's what separates, I think, good and great players from probably everybody else is even wanting to examine your weaknesses and saying, this is what I need to get better. Because it's uncomfortable for people to go, I'm not good at this, you know, at this part of my game.
1: I think the best thing you can have, like in anything is somebody to tell you when you suck i totally agree you gotta have it and like whether it's you and me doing a podcast which like you know like i'll be like hey reed who's probably back there right now reed you still back there he's not back there he just left the fucking room i'm talking to nobody (laughs) reed hates the sound of my voice probably (laughs) so he left yeah but you know like you you need somebody like a producer or a friend to tell you like, hey, that was ass or
0: like oh, that yeah. thing you do is annoying. Dude, in yes, and in stand-up, the biggest gift are your friends who'll be like, yeah, that joke's all right, man. Or like, you know, that, that joke sounds a lot like And then, you know, you would have not uh, faced it or maybe you just wouldn't have been aware of it. And then you go, wait, for real? At first it like hurts. You're like, fuck you, you know? But then you sit there and you're like, really? And they're like, yeah, I mean, that just sounds just like this. And you're like, all right. And then, you end up with a better bit. Like, you end up doing something better, and you go, oh, I realized what a favorite was, that my friend was like, that shit's okay, or that that sucked, you know?
1: And it's also not taking it, like, and I'm sure for you, like, a, a comic might tell you, and so in a way, he could try to do what he's talking about executing, but like, the ultimate is like somebody that doesn't know what goes into it it's so easy to be defensive when like yes. a buddy is like that sucked or like yeah. your producers and you could be like I, you don't know what it's like to sit up here and have to fucking drive this bus or like yeah yeah be funny or like bring it when you don't have it but if you're not defensive about it that's when you actually get better and i feel like it's the same way with football is like me having a teammate that could tell me because you always i don't know if you do this with shows there's a
0: saying in football with film that it's never as good as you as it as you thought and it's never as bad as you thought. It is exactly what we tell it's what you tell like a young comic especially like when they start kind of getting some heat and stuff and you start seeing them getting high and low you go look it you you ne- you're never as good as you think you are and you're never as bad as you think you are and you should never get as high off of the great shows or as low off of the bad shows. The whole idea like the best way to get through this is to kind of keep an e- keep an even temperament about great shows and bad shows. Like you're not as good as that standing ovation crazy ass reaction. Like you're good, but it's like that was over the top. And if they fucking boo you, that's ridiculous too. You know, and don't don't get bummed out. Stay in the middle. So how it's, it's the same. fuck
1: do you when you wake up the day after you bomb a show? Like occasionally,
0: I'm sure maybe you do yeah, every yeah, once sure. in a while. I don't know. Like it's uh, the worst. Listen, b- bombing absolutely sucks. It, is a, it really is a horrible, horrible feeling. I mean, I don't know what to liken it to because it's like, it's like this thing. It's not even like a loss. It's not like you played a game and you lost. It's like you played a game and they, they took your clothes off and they fucked you at the 50-yard line in front of the <laughs> opposing player's mothers. That's what it feels like, okay? Bombing feels like your soul was ripped out from inside. It's, it is the worst feeling. Now, what the 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 only every comedian will tell you this too. The only way, the only way to truly wash off a bomb is to have a a good set. So, the, what you're actually looking forward to the most after you bomb is having another set where it goes well, and you're like, "Oh my God, thank God that that feeling isn't my the bombing isn't my last feeling. It's this good show." But then it lets you examine like, why did I bomb? Because it, there's a a whole bunch of reasons that you can bomb. You know, you could be unprepared. You could be lazy, you could be distracted, you could be not focused, it could be uh there's other circle, you know, it could be that there's, you know, I don't know, somebody really drunk, maybe you 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 got angry. That's another thing. You can get upset, you know, somebody heckles you. And we always yeah. I always try to remember this, I think it was Gary Shandling that was like when somebody uh yells something or or you get heckled, like um get funny instead of get angry. Because it sounds kind of silly, but it's like in the moment, if somebody says something and you want to go, hey, shut the fuck up, you know, like that's coming from anger and mm-hmm. it might silence them. It might work. People might be like, all right, we're not going to heckle this dude. But then but, they're
1: laughing fake.
0: Yeah. Then they're like, ha, this guy's violent, you know, but <laughs> yeah, that but, was
1: me at the front of. And I wasn't laughing fake when I saw Ricky Smiley and Mike Epps. Uh-huh. But I went in Jacksonville yeah. and I was like in the front row and, you know, like. I was like, man, I'm definitely gonna get it. I'm like the lone white guy here. Yeah. And I remember this one point, I, all I got was grazed by Mike Epps. And he was like, you white motherfuckers right there, know what I mean? Yeah. And
0: I was like, yeah. But I was laughing like that sometimes. I was like, ha 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 mean, You know what I mean? Yeah, of course, of course. But it always feels better as the comedian. Somebody says something and you're like, you kind of let this, mom- like this moment happen where you're like, oh, I'm not upset. And I'm, I'm not gonna get upset and you, your comedic mind kind of takes over, and then you say something unemotional, and you have a much better shot at being funny unemotionally than you do emotionally. Because emotionally, you're leaning towards being upset. I mean, someone's interrupting you, you know? So you're leaning towards being like, shut up. But if you can stay in that space of like loose, kind of loose focus, right. but loose, you can say something funny. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, you're being comedic, which is what you want to do in those moments. But dude, bombing bombing is it's dude i just can't even imagine because it's like you said not a bad game
1: you know um game is bad i don't even want to go in like whole foods or whatever yeah but you know like nobody even though they conflate it with my personality it's not a reflection on my personality even though like manhood and personality like i don't know which yeah. one i'd rather somebody like go at which is a weird thing and it's stupid but um You know, like people are making a a judgment on something that I'm doing that is really hard and has nothing to do with who I am. But I feel like if you're doing comedy, it's like they don't like me.
0: Yes, it's what it feels. And the other thing is, you you actually learn over time. At first, you go, no, for sure they don't like me. They don't like me. As you get older, you realize that it's not that they don't like you; it's that they don't like your comedy. You know, because I'm like I'm not like me as a human being is not who like the comedian. So. I I actually go like if someone doesn't like my comedy, I'm so comfortable with that. Somebody not liking me as a person is more offensive to me. You know, I'd be like, I I don't understand why, like what I did as a person. You know,
1: oh, oh, I got a question then. Fucking, you know, I find 10% of what I see funny, not from you. I'm talking about from people. I think you're funny like 88% of the time from the small, you know, samples. I think you're fucking, you're nine out of 10. Yeah. All right. Some people I don't find funny. And I'm sure some people in your industry you don't find funny. Sure. Like, and you're boys with them, maybe. Yeah. Like, how open are people to be like, yeah, I'm not really into your stuff. No, they're not. People don't do
0: that. <laughs> <laughs> we are such crybabies. We're so sensitive. <laughs> like, if you said that to a com- if you were like, you're pretty cool, Bryce, don't dig your shit, they'd be like, <laughs> just fucking oh, break man. down. Oh, yeah no, and
1: I, cause it's so hard, it's so hard. What you do is motherfucker could be not that funny to somebody and could be funny to ninety nine percent of people. That's
0: what you you learn that that's a reality, that being a comedian is equivalent to uh, in normal times, the movies like right, a movie theater is open, and there are ten movies at the theater. There's a drama, there's some comedy, there's a thriller, there's a horror film. There's, you know, there's a kid's film and you realize that people show up to the movies and they go, this is what I feel like. I feel like this flavor. This is the genre that I want going like comedians are essentially like that. There are those movies. There's the the you know, there's the dry guy. There's the there's the ranty, angry guy. There's the they're just like it's like a different flavor. So it's like I, I try to look at the comedy like that where I go, yeah, you know, this person, this comedian doesn't do it for me. But they clearly do it for all these other people. Like this, this guy has a huge fan base, so he yeah. is funny. It just doesn't resonate with me. And then I don't. I try not to think about how much they they don't do it for me. You know what I mean? I, I try not to go like I just don't find it. I just I try to enjoy the guy at that point for his personality and what right. he's like to hang. With. That's why comedians were always like, you know, I care way more what this dude's like to hang out with than what he's like on stage. As much as I yes. respect great co- comedians and their comedy. It's like if you're great on stage, but you're a piece of shit or you're an asshole in the green room, then I don't care about your comedy. You know, yes. I'm not going to re- I'm not going to like you. And also I can sit there and smile and not laugh out loud at something and be like, oh, that, I like the narrative yeah. that he's yes. bringing to the table it's on this. Like, I like enjoyable. the way he's bringing
1: it. It's not funny, but like he, he's smart as shit or something. Yes. Like, you mentioned movies. What's the worst movie of all time? The worst up-
0: movie of all time. Oh, man. Um, what was that? Tiptoes. Uh the fuck is their toes, dude? <laughs> is that what it's called? I don't, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that that's the worst movie of all time. You never seen this? No. Yeah, uh, we gotta right, can we play Who's the trailer it? for him? I love bad movies. Who's in it? Has, can he, dude, it's an incredible cast. Gary Oldman, Matthew McConaughey, um uh was it, who else is in that? Can you pull that up? he's pulling it Hold on one yeah, second. Yeah, one second. It is it is an un believable cast <laughs> I down, love right? bad movies what's your watched, wait more, what's your favorite more, worst movie
1: my favorite bad movie is probably Simon Says if you're looking for a deep cut it's uh-huh. the Dennis Rodman flick that they threw a couple million dollars at and shot in like Europe and fucking I think Dax <laughs> Shepard I don't want to butcher this is in yeah, the thing really and I'm like somebody popular was in it that I was like you have no business being in this movie why would you be like yeah I want to go do this with Dennis Rodman
0: I don't like, know why?
1: Uh, wait, can, Lady in the water he, was just bad, bad. I walked out of that one. I walked out of Van Helsing, but wait, Mortal what Kombat one. What's what Lady in the Water. La-
0: Lady in the Water sucked. Is that the one? M.
1: Night Shyamalan.
0: Oh, yeah. I also didn't actually I feel like I rented that after and I um I didn't even finish it. Yeah, most people didn't finish it. Okay. Uh, hey, <laughs> also, huh, that's <laughs> hey, you're supporting me. All right, another
1: one. Mortal Kombat is the best of all time, probably as best far as best bad like, movie. Just, yes, the, it's so you know some fun. of the
0: hits from the '90s you watch now. You're like, this is a piece of garbage. Like things that oh yeah, seems that were about... like hot and like a lot of a lot of like that action genre stuff. Oh, yeah. It is so silly now. It's so goofy. It feels mm-hmm. like it's in a time capsule, and it feels ridiculous. And the whole thing feels the premise is ridiculous. The writing, the acting, the cost. It's like. The whole thing is cartoon. Like, basically, like, all those Seagal movies, like, they all are insane. Oh, yeah. They're so is, crazy. Uh,
1: is it Time Cop? Is, yeah, that's Time Cop. Cop Land is Sylvester Stallone. Yeah. The one that aged beautifully, which which is one of my favorite movies
0: of all time, is Predator. Amazing. That is the first rated R movie that I ever saw. I saw it in a hotel room with my dad so i did like a father-son trip and i'm like eight or nine and he was like you want to watch predator and i was like what's predator and he was like eight or nine i i don't know what my age but he goes he goes uh he goes don't tell your mother and then he just ordered it and we watched it and i was like this is fucking awesome man i just i was amazed by that movie yeah dude my it's funny i thought of it for the second time this pod because earlier you were
1: talking about like my football that was like you know, the thing that I copied my dad doing. My yeah. dad liked Arnold movies. Oh, yeah. And your, so... Your
0: dad looks like his fucking stunt double.
1: He looked... Well, it'd be hard to be Arnold's stunt double because he's like six inches taller than him, but it's oh, true. Yeah. That fucking flat top yep. hasn't changed in years. Yeah. The hasn't same, dude. Imagine being so good looking that you're just like, mm,
0: flat top. Flat top. Fuck those guys. Yeah. <laughs> like, would you rather
1: have that or your your head, your hair? Bald head. Would you rather be bald or have a flat top?
0: Bald yeah, and listen he fucking pulls it off i know it's he just it's fucking silly. pulls it off it's ridiculous This is
1: twice i've lamented how good looking my dad
0: is oh yeah no no and i i i resent him as well just so you know you have you have a, a brother in arms here i resent your father and his good looks now i think his acting career i think he was too good looking for broken arrow i agree i
1: agree christian slater that's why i kicked him out of the fucking train because he's not only better looking than christian slater He's also more macho and Christian couldn't take it. So they wrote that shit and kicked my dad out of a moving train. It's so. called being insecure,
0: Christian. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we have tiptoes trailer. Would you like to watch it? I'd love to watch a Tiptoes okay. Trailer. Please play the tiptoes trailer. Tiptoes. <laughs> <laughs> hey dude. 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 It doesn't even hey. seem like a real movie. Does Hold it Hold on
1: a second. The thing that got me is at the end, they get through that whole fucking ridiculous thing, which is, everybody signed off on that okay yeah and the guy in interstellar who's one of my favorite like in mud and all that shit was in a movie with little people like completely and then at the end of it they say in the role of a lifetime gary
0: oldman yeah and and also it sounds like they got like a high school kid to do the voiceover like it didn't even sound like a real voiceover guy he was like and in the role of a lifetime gary Oldman (laughs) tiptoes It's such bull. I, can't, I could not. I thought first, it was a sketch. I thought it the was first it. scene.
1: Looks like when you in the 90s, you turned on your, your VCR slash like old school TV in your hotel room and they played like the instructions of how to get around
0: the hotel. Yes. That is exactly that's what that
1: looked like. That to me. <laughs> that's
0: right. Like, when you turn it on, they're like, here's the hotel layout. Like, no adult yeah. movies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm on yeah. a field trip. Yeah, I don't yeah. need to know how to get around the hotel. It's, it's exactly right. So I'm sending you a signed copy of Tiptoes. I hope you enjoy <laughs> it. Hey, you got to watch Simon Says. Okay. I'll watch Simon okay. Says. Who stars right. in that? Dennis Rodman. Oh, and that's right. Hold right, on. Right. Yeah.
1: You know what? I'm surprised. Fucking Rotten Tomatoes, they got 20%
0: out of these motherfuckers Twenty uh, of this movie. That That's seems generous. damn good. <laughs> Have you ever seen Hold the on. ones where they're like 6%? You're like, wow. That's like yeah, everybody dude. hated this. Like
1: Simon Says, these are the ones you want to watch. Uh 0% I think on Rotten 0%? Tomatoes somehow. I'm just telling you, this is the depths of the depth. It's Dane Cook. Dane Cook is in here. Okay. He's in that? with yeah i was like dang coat what the fuck you doing man 10 million dollar budget
0: well
1: yeah. you got to throw money at these a- athletes you got to do like a shack budget if you want to yeah
0: yeah that's it that's oh, all right simon says putting it down
1: <laughs> please do uh
0: i want to ask you uh a, a couple other i want to ask you a football question you're good of of the because i always want to know you know i know you guys at you're pro so you're obviously you know you're you guys are the best players on the planet mm-hmm. but going let's say you know season after season was there one person who you knew every season you're like this dude's gonna this game this dude's gonna give me the business All oh, yeah. you get you prep a little more or you're oh, like yeah. you just get yourself amped up for because you know he's gonna like bring it
1: yeah yeah i was i was only smiling because i was still laughing at gary Holman. yeah well, it was the role of a lifetime i mean yeah but- <laughs> He said it so like marshawn lynch was the guy dude really you know linemen are matchup problems so somebody that i might hate playing against it was just a weird matchup like yeah. somebody who's got a weird body type for me like fights make or styles make fights right yeah same thing with a pass rush matchup so like you could play you know one of the best all time and it's just not a good matchup for him and he might get beat for three sacks by the worst player sure or vice versa Okay. Um, So a lot of the problem is, like, a lot of times guards will move out to tackle in, like, emergency situations, and you're like, this guy's this guy's Orlando Pace, like, because he's fucking so unorthodox. Um, I would say Marshawn Lynch, though, because Rams, Seahawks, you know, if I could call it a rivalry, it wasn't as far as, like, being relevant because we weren't very fucking good, but one thing we were going to do was beat up on the Seahawks up front. Yeah. Like, and Marshawn did not have big holes to run through. But the thing about Marshawn is it really takes two, three guys. For real. And every time you played him, you just respected the way he brought it. And, you know, I talk a lot about this, like my favorite Jersey that I got to trade was like Marshawn's, you know, not a lineman, yeah. you know, not a defensive player, you know, it's just, there's certain backs that you can't help but respect. It's that pu- that he was, punishing he run old. style, like where it just you're like, man, this guy. And he he had so much fucking fun, and yeah. I'm sure like you could talk to a thousand players that played him. He was having fun, and it made you want to compete harder, and that was good, because yeah. because you need to compete harder, and you need to you need to get there with a little bit more intention, and you need to bring the whole the whole gang, because he's not going down with one person.
0: Right. That's you cool. Know,
1: Adrian Peterson would punish the fuck out of a second level defender but wasn't like if I tackled him for a loss it wasn't like oh, what the fuck just happened to my shoulder? Like with Marshawn in the tackle box
0: it took a million people. Jesus. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you 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 see it to a degree when you're watching. You're like this is, it looks like a brutal run. and also you're like doesn't he ever get tired of this? God damn. Like this, I don't I don't think I just think to
1: him you know, everybody. I think one thing about his mentality is, like I said, he's having fun. He's in the backyard playing football. Yeah. And I think football can be so pressure packed and regimented that you can yeah. get two in your own head, and like, you know, that can kind of wear you down too, being
0: mentally like, yeah. not loose. Yeah. And he just is never. Yeah. He's always having fun. He's yeah, locked I, In he's somebody who like I, I think about that too, where you you kind of want to go like, hey, how did you keep this uh, mentality, like this yeah. fun, loose thing? Because you know at the higher levels of things, it's a business, and everything gets serious, and you got, you know, he's out there eating fucking Skittles and shit on the sideline, laughing, and having fun. It, it, It's cool, I like it, and even in interviews, he seems like very, like, didn't seem like he would take, I mean, if he was willing to talk, then it seemed like he was yeah. having a good time, yeah.
1: <laughs> that's the big one with him, but, you know, I respected it, because you always knew where he stood. Yeah. And, you know, that's, that's, you know, for a superstar to be that authentic in our game, which there's so much money to be made, yeah, just smiling and fucking doing this all the time, mm-hmm. and being like perfectly packaged. Yeah, and yes, I've won community service awards. I've won, you know, I've I've I got like a very prestigious like community service kind of award. Yes, in the NFL, you did. But but I also think you can fucking be yourself and say fuck and have fun. Yeah, and you know you know be irreverent and like I think somebody like Marshawn who stands to make so much money. Like, kind of risked that, but still made it
0: anyways, which yeah. I think is so cool. He's doing like the biggest commercials and he never played by anybody else's rules. He did. Uh, it, it is very cool to see somebody who didn't do what the PR department would tell you to do yeah. thrive. Yeah. Yeah. I he like makes it makes him nervous, but eventually he makes some money. Yeah, it, exactly. Um, I have to ask you just because it, you know, if, in of the modern era of, of football, we really, I don't even think we can compare any franchise of the last, you know, the last 20 years were essentially dominated by New England right. and you played there right. and you got to experience a hell of a season. Yeah. I mean, do you look back I mean obviously you're fond of winning, uh, yeah. but do you look back and go like that was a cool experience to play in that franchise?
1: It it was I'm going to give you the the cuz everybody when they hear this question or hear somebody about to answer this they're like is it fun there like because my teammate, Lane Johnson, famously said, you know, I would rather play here in Philly than be up there. I'm having fun here. And then the whole tag after they kept winning Super Bowls and we fell off as the Eagles was the fans would tweet at Lane and be like, having fun? You still having yeah, fun? Still
0: having fun." Yeah. And
1: there's something to that. Like, listen, like, they have a different way of doing things. You know, they pride themselves on being more, like, stoic and more, like, even-keeled. Like, And the culture has been built that way. So if a player points that out, it's not a slight they just they're more business oriented but they when you talk about like misconceptions about new england there are some awesome fun guys playing for that team and so you can be like it's draconian it's all this bullshit; it's bills you know ruling with an iron fist nobody has fun the guys make it fun so i don't care how hard you can make that place like Teammates like Julian Edelman or Danny or you know, Rob Nikovich or Matthew Slater, Dante Hightower, the list goes on like some of my favorite teammates of all time were there. So that's why I look back at that place, not just the Super Bowl and how hard it was to win it. Yeah. And how like you go from my career's a failure, we're about to lose the fucking Falcons, who I almost picked in free agency. What an idiot I am at halftime, mm-hmm. to we just completed the most magical come comeback of all time. And I was part of, a small part of. Brady's legacy. Sure. You yeah, know, no, like being a, on sure. that team, you have like a tiny little piece. You know how they go to the fucking you can get a piece of the bleachers yeah. when they blow a place up. Yeah. I get a little piece of the bleachers, man. You definitely do. And that's cool. You so, definitely
0: do. I mean, yeah, without a doubt, you do. I mean, yeah. also the fact, I mean, I'm sure you know the statistic, but like everybody that's, you know, wins an, a Super Bowl just goes, you know, it there's just no feeling like being a champion, right? Like the euphoria yeah. of winning that. But to have Won a Super Bowl and then you, ch- like, you have to go somewhere else and win another Super Bowl. That has to feel like you've got the the secret code. I mean, it's got to yeah. feel magical to switch teams and do it again.
1: Yeah, I don't feel this horseshoe up my ass, man. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, like, did I? So it's just like it was crazy. I I don't believe in karma necessarily because too many guys in the league. Had the same eight year type stretches that I did, like good players, bad teams, yeah. and kind of wait, never saw the other side, like never saw the pot of gold or whatever. I got to see it. That doesn't make karma real. A lot of people were like, it's good karma. You know, one of the good guys that played a long time and was a good player is now finally winning. Like, cause we yeah. were really bad. Never made the playoffs. Most games we ever won was seven, went one and 15, one and 15, two and 14. You know, winning on a Sunday was a form was it was just an afterthought. You just showed up and survived a little bit and legitimately tested my mental health being there. I mean I like I bet. Um and some people are like, You're rich, shut up. You guys don't understand what mental health is, then if yeah. you're listening and you're saying that. But like I uh I end up in New England and that was a relief, right? Sure. Because it validated my career to me. But I also wasn't like the biggest part, you know, I played hundreds of snaps, six, seven hundred snaps, but like, you know, in Super Bowl, I played 20 plays. I was a, a role player. Uh-huh. And so I wanted to go out and finish my career like on a high note and be the player I was earlier. So he took a stab at Philly, who's bottom four in the league, get picked to be, you know, bottom feeders. And I just like the, the speed with which their defense played. And to get lucky there again, the one was like you join a machine. You're trying to be a part of like you get a stadium seat, right? In Philly, you get a fucking luxury suite. You yeah. know, you're a part of history there. Amazing. amazing. And, and dudes, you know, meeting you and being like, hey, I've been a fan for, I've waited 60 years for this, and they're crying, and they tell me, thank you. I'm like, dude, thank you, bro. Like, you're the reason this is so special. It's not the players. It's the, the bonding of this city, and everybody has waited for it, and this very special, unique team.
0: Yeah, that was one of those seasons where I think even somebody who goes, you know, I enjoy the game of football. Uh, there's teams you like, there's teams you don't care for. As somebody that had kind of like, I had like an indifferent stance on, like Philly, I mean, I'm not from there. You know, you just, you obviously respect the organization. It was a fun thing to watch as a fan. It's fun to watch this the a city where, you know, you haven't seen a title go to in a while, you know, or um, yeah. to, to see them win one. I, I enjoyed it. It was fun to watch. Would you be happy for Cleveland? No. <laughs> I'm from Cincinnati fuck Cleveland yeah I
1: know that's yeah, why I yeah. do that so yeah. I was, but no it was cool because you know um like I said the Cinderella story and then on top of the Cinderella story our MVP fucking quarterback gets fucking hurt and so you think we're dead it's yeah everybody and then like, we come back the next week and we almost we almost got run out of the gym by the Giants the next week so we were like damn we really gotta get together Nick Foles then scored like 10 points against Oakland to okay. like to clinch home field finally I get to ask you this you how big is his dick? dick is how is it's, it, it the thing's big, dude. I, I don't know. I mean, fucking, I don't have a protractor down there. In I mean, the, you did know, you like, put
0: yours next to him? And go, oh, you got me here, but I got bigger balls. No, okay. dude. Oh, no, dude. I don't know, dude, I know, don't know like, how locker rooms work.
1: No, I mean, listen. There's a lot of Nick Foles dick talk. Yeah. Okay. It's 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 folklore, and you know, like, what's the biggest dick you saw in the in your career? I I don't like to just. <laughs> I don't like. Just this. describe. It. Don't thing. give out his you name. You know, it's I in a locker room. It's eyes up, bro. Yeah, it's eyes up because you don't want to be disrespectful. You could just be zoning out, thinking about something. It's like, oh God, fuck, dude. Like I was thinking about, you know, my fantasy basketball team. Yeah, and yeah. You weren't supposed to walk across. Yeah. like that.
0: But did you but, ever go like, hey, with well, all due respect, you got a real nice piece on you, man. To so like somebody like <laughs> Nah, oh, dude. Okay.
1: Nah, I I I don't. But but the thing about Nick is. <laughs> He's the best guy in the world, and he's so like, you know how like there's Christians that are like kind of like you know whether you're into religion or not, you're just like that guy's not a real guy. Yeah, yeah. Nick Foles is a real guy. Like he's a saint. He's like a. But he also is a is a fucking legend. He's yeah. ten feet tall. So yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's when when some if I if the periphery. If I get caught, like if something gets caught in the periphery, for it to get caught in the periphery, it has to be pretty... Okay, is I don't he know, one of those guys safe. that
0: like, you know how like in your locker, you might have like a like a footstool that kind of like folds out like a seat. He has an extra one, if you're he, saying? No, if he has his leg up and and he's like, he's his his legs up, can you see his dick hanging from below his thigh? You know what I mean? Like if his right leg's up and you're standing well, to the listen, right... Well, listen, this is probably the last
1: thing I'm going to say about it. Because at some point... I know okay. somebody's gonna be like, "Hey, man, you were talking about Nick Foles' dick a lot on the pot, yeah, and not know that I was asked." You know how they quote you? Oh, yeah. And I'll be on Bleacher Report. They'll be Where like, "Chris like, was just dick. talking about Nick's dick on the pot." Chris spent okay, a Tom, long time. <laughs> Tom asked me, and you asked me about the bench.
0: Yes, it's not hanging; it's resting on the ground. It's resting. <laughs> okay, that's a big dick. Make it known, Chris Long said. Nick's got <laughs> crazy. Report. Cock on him. Um, thank you for con- for confirming that story. Uh. <laughs> I want to ask you this, and I know you've been asked about this before. I, n- I haven't seen the question asked or heard your answer, which is why I'm excited to ask it because I think it is incredible that you signed a, a deal and you famously donated your salary. Yeah. Right. For the, but do you like do you just appreciate how special that is as an example? Like everybody's whole thing is let me accumulate as much as I can. Like that's how most people's, you know, that's most people's just drive is like, it doesn't matter what I've gotten so far. Here's what's on the table. Well, I'm going to take everything given to me, you know? Right. And, and you made a choice to go like, I'm, I'm not, I don't even like, how did you arrive at the decision to do that? And also, were people advising against that? Like your accountants or your, you know what I mean? Nah, like- I mean, my accountant knows that I'm just so my own, like
1: anybody who, who lives with and around me knows I'm my own guy. So yeah. I'm going to do what I want to do, which can be kind of dangerous, but at the same time I want to do, I act on stupid ideas and sometimes good ones. Yeah. And you know, I think the number one thing I want to say off the top is, yeah, I, do- I donate my salary, but I had made Good I know a lot of money, of money or, before. you know, yeah, like, sure. and, and so I never, one of the things that it, it actually was a stressful deal. Cause you're just like, nobody wants to be like, look at me, charity guy. Mm-hmm. And I certainly don't. And I certainly didn't for many years. Um, like I denied it like straight up because we would be doing a lot of philanthropic work, but we do it quietly and we do it in St. Louis and we do it in Charlottesville and my wife and I, Meg, who we always like to be involved in stuff like that. Um, we just didn't want to be that couple or that i didn't want to be that guy and at a point i was like okay chris your concern about what other fucking people think about you is going to leave a lot of money that we could raise for good causes on the table you're sitting here with this great resource that so few people in the world have and if you don't interface with them and give them a task you're not going. you're you're literally doing the people that you profess to be helping a disservice so you have to lean on fans and so i launched a foundation Um, you know, we started Water Boys. Um, and a few years into that, like we 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 started accentuating some of the things we were doing in the education space because people are always like, What are you doing here? And I'm like, Well, our education work here is our water work abroad and we balance that out. And as that was kind of happening, Charlottesville for good reason got a big dump put on it. I mean, like, because most people that have never been here or haven't heard of it and know it's a college town or that type of thing on the tv and there were a bunch of dudes in like tiki torches and hoods and like these fucking assholes out here and everybody's like that's charlottesville and charlottesville has its problems it's an old city in the south okay there are things structurally that are very wrong here um but we we weren't that and we need to be better but we weren't that and i was at the time looking for a little bit of meaning playing football i was kind of like not feeling it anymore when i got to philly they had me on the fucking rookie field the first couple of days of practice. And I'm like, God damn, I got more sacks than anybody in this fucking building. This is what the league is going to be like now from now on for me. I'm a vet officially. So I just wasn't feeling it. And I decided, hey, I want to give this this year like some accountability for me. And I'm not making what I used to. This money, fuck it. I mean, like I'm lucky to say fuck it. But but I want to help and do something with this year rather than just like make another you know one five or something Dude, that's a, that's and, and, amazing
0: though man and, Honestly. but the
1: way the way it actually was worthwhile to publicize it was to give the fans a task and they actually match my contribution which thank god because otherwise i'm just doing it to say look at me right you know what i mean and that's the importance of fans sure
0: so they mat they matched your donation so you end up raising yeah. way more money
1: yes and so what it also did was I got a lot of very cool messages that kind of restored my faith in humanity. Cause I was losing it. I'm always losing it. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's just a constant, like hourglass thing with me. The faith is it's just going down. But at that point it was really hard because of our fucking idiot pre- president mm-hmm. and a bunch of idiots that he could do no wrong. And at a time where we needed to be united, re- regardless of our, which is not a word I don't think, but irregardless, I've sure. already said it yeah. of, of, your politics or any other bullshit that that you like we were talking human decency and we were talking about people that needed to hear that they that they could feel safe in America when everything in history has told you the opposite this is the moment you could be a fucking slime ball your whole life but this is a moment for a U.S. president and he went out there and he took a dump and I remember sitting in the car after practice seeing my hometown on TV which for me to say that that mattered more is stupid as fuck because that happens all over the country. It's happened all over the country for eons. And for me to be like, Oh, I woke up now, but I can't deny that even if I was like kind of on that plane and awake to this stuff, it did put a battery in my back. And I just was like, fuck this dude. Like I'm going to do something positive for somebody who's from my hometown. I'm going to give myself a reason to come out and play this year. And I'm going to spread some good vibes. And I got a lot of really nice messages to people like, I'm a contractor. I donated my salary and that's a way bigger deal yes. than me doing it. I see what and you're And so saying. that guy's a hero. Yes. You know, like I donated to the United way or I did that and it made my hair stand on end. And I was like, okay, there are decent people. And yeah. so, you know, it was good for me. Yeah. You know?
0: I get that. It, I mean, it's, it's super cool that you did it. And I think it's cool that you inspired people. It's, it's still inspiring. It's an awesome Thanks. story. I appreciate yeah, it. Absolutely. Thanks. And tell me about the, um, the water. Water cherry. boys. Yeah, yeah. Which is, uh,
1: uh, we, we just started doing, uh, wells in East Africa. I went over to climb Kilimanjaro one year for like, kind of just to like have a wild hair, Yeah, brought a teammate. We loved it. Uh, I had this like kind of a epiphany that like, well, not a dramatic one where like, it's like, I could sell this as an elevator pitch where there's like slow motion and nobody had water or something. I just, as a pragmat pragmatist, I'm just like, how can we best lift people up over here who gave us such a great experience, man. And when I met people and they're wonderful, stoic, beautiful, brilliant people that speak multiple languages and our farmers and our businessmen and women and our, you know, and our children, and they don't have anything good to like anything clean to drink. Like literally, you know, the countryest dude, you live in Cincinnati, wouldn't go swimming in places that, you know, that, you know, in Cincinnati wouldn't go swimming in places that people are getting their water from. So that, that was the visuals crazy but it's the facts and you know um we started doing solar-powered wells we started waterboys we brought players from different teams on because you have to know your limitations you know um st louis ain't the biggest market and i'm not a superstar so we 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 had a goal of 32 wells for 32 teams they're large solar-powered wells they provide water from for five to seven thousand people and we're i'm proud to say we shattered that and we've moved to a one million people serve goal we're halfway Done a hundred wells. We're doing domestic work. We're on Navajo Nation. We're doing hometown H2O. And we launched, which I'm really proud of, a women's initiative called Water for Her, which we already have 15 great um, great influencers like Julie Ertz, who's Zach Ertz is Julie Ertz's husband. Is do you notice how I said that?
0: Yes. Um, I like the that. Yes.
1: Uh, because it's fucking true. Yeah. <laughs> Zach, you're her you're her her husband, not uh she's not your wife. Um take that, she's so she has that she's so badass and there's just a bunch of badass women like her that that rush to help immediately because it is a women's cause the 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 burden of gathering water falls on uh, women and girls shoulders in sub-saharan africa and all around the world and you know when women succeed society succeeds as if it wasn't right on its head there's empirical data to suggest that if you want to pull a place out of poverty let the women lead and not be doing, you know, tasks like that, menial, dangerous, yeah. pointless tasks. So it's it's good work. Um and we've had a lot of help from a lot of good dudes.
0: That's amazing. And and if people want to check yeah, out those uh, organizations, is there a website to direct them? Waterboys.org. To Waterboys.org. Okay. Which I'm sorry, you
1: tried I know you tried to get that domain name and they Bro, fucking threw the door on you. I'm talking to the
0: champ right now. You Dry, might have Super Bowl rings. I'm fucking dripping all day, every day. Okay. Dude, look at this. You
1: see this shit? Where's yeah. your fucking water thing? I mean, Show me where. where's your water thing on the fucking table. Hold on a second. Oh, that's tight. Oh, okay. I got to oh, no. prove. It. Oh, yeah. Enjoy all the fucking uh, BPAs you're getting right down your throat, Tom. Yeah, it's called Evian. I'm French, bro. Fuck, this is plastic. By the way, I was going to ask <laughs> you. Top, yeah. t- top, top tier and bottom
0: tier waters. Go. Oh, real quick. I mean... Your go-to has got to be Fiji. I like the silica. It's all about the minerals, bro. And then Evian's my second choice. Um, there's this uh, water from, uh, what's it called? What is it? The, uh, the Iceland one that Martin brought in. That's, it's also really good. And then dog shit would be Dasani, uh, Dasani. Smart Water. And uh, that, that spring one. What is the springs one we used to get here? Arrowhead? Arrowhead. Arrowhead fuck
1: oh arrowhead I, I was gonna ask you where that went because i thought maybe you had your fingers fingers on the pu- pulse thankfully i haven't seen that in a while Dis- you're disrespecting aquapana
0: oh aquapana is good you're right when Aquap- you're at a rich people place
1: when they pour it i almost feel guilty
0: yes Aquapana's is tight dasani is just like hey here's a hose connected to someone's house to it's just a, a backyard yeah it's a trash bag water i mean the funny thing about i didn't even notice about smart water is that, and people generally don't notice that when they go, and it's uh, it's like, I forget the word when they're like, it's stripped down, like triple, triple stripped down of all. So my friend Martin Risa, who's a water sommelier, explained to me that, you know how you, you drink waters, like especially like these brands, and they taste different. You're like, oh, that right. actually, you don't even know how to explain it. How come it tastes different from the water fountain? He's like, it's all about mineral content. And when somebody like a brand like Smart Water, they go, well, the thing is, we have... Uh, we have done the remove the minerals three times he goes so any like properties that that water had are completely gone so that's why taste wise it it should basically taste like absolutely nothing like there's that silky taste in fiji and that's that mineral silica that's why it it tastes like there's silk in your mouth you know but yeah i like
1: i like some silt. i like some i want all the stuff that they you know when
0: you're mining for gold dude that you get, that's a, i want to chew rocks when i'm drinking water you know what i mean that's how I wanna, pure i am I, yeah I drink, I drink ocean water i don't give a fuck i, oh. I eat sand yeah i'm crazy bro <laughs> this guy's crazy i'm on my fourth kidney yeah it's totally, no. i totally take it back
1: you are the water
0: king thank you you heard it he said it nick Foles got a huge dick i'm the water champ listen to green light wherever podcasts are available <laughs> Uh, oh,
1: dude this easy. was a lot of fun I really Better really like appreciate fun. this We gotta and, do a home and home You gotta come on uh,
0: our shit I'm in No I'm I in. don't wanna say it like that <laughs> Yeah no I'm in And also I'll be in Charlottesville So I could even come in uh, You know We'll do dude, that Dude we should do an in person shindig If you're not too tired From
1: your awesome show That you're gonna do great at and Thank it's you it's gonna be such a long standing ovation Think That you're That I hopefully tired.
0: won't bomb at Then yeah that would be great I, I'm again. in I'm in Alright brother uh, Thank you very much I really appreciate it And uh, we'll do it again soon
1: Yes, sir. Thanks, Tom.